Welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. Number 13. In 2016, one year later, with us. Yeah, and Mike Hoskins joined us. Couldn't have been happier to have him. MrDiabetesMind.com. And we got into some coffee, some DOC, and some beer experimentation. So it's been one year since we started this endeavor, and it's been a heck of a time. All right, we've loved it all. Thank you to everyone who supported the show via iTunes reviews, comments, retweets, emails, <laughs> um, buying cat brushes on Amazon. Mm-hmm. We've absolutely we know what you buy. It's been a great. It's made <laughs> it's made the 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 show just a ton of fun. Um, so actually, if this happens to be your first show tuning in, our mission here uh, is to inspire people with diabetes to live out their dreams with the disease. Whether it be the best stay at home dad with diabetes, the ultra marathon, or the college student pulling all nighters, we're bringing guests that push us all to explore what we're truly capable of. Or with the, the newly diagnosed person who happens to be in high school. Or the newly diagnosed. Yeah. yeah, we're trying to connect with everybody. So before Mike engages us down that path a little bit further, we have a few announcements to get it the show rolling into 2016. Woo! Woo! So it's been a year. Feel free to record your questions still via our speak pipe button on the outer right side of our we website. We love that speak pipe. Oh, speak pipe. It's the best. not it's not even tough. We don't you can Yeah, we want you to speak freely. Anything. If you heard something today from Mike, any guest, ask us a question, we'll get in touch with that guest, record Absolutely. the answer and put it in the show. It's that simple. Also, don't forget about the iTunes review of the week. Comes up at the conclusion of every show. Today's show, it's really, really good. We love iTunes reviews. Especially if you're the one who actually wins a shirt. Woo! Yeah, we, we're ready to ship a shirt to Europe so we can get a shirt and a picture in Europe. We are so ready. We just got to make the shirts first. We're so close, people. I just want you to know we're not lying about this. We are so close. It's, it's coming. We want the best design. I'm just throwing that out there. We are stockpiling day. these. Go. It's yeah. coming. <laughs> All right. We also love connecting. We love talking about anything. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, at Diabetes Grind. A little thing called diabetes. It's a daily grind. It's a daily grind. Grind and grind and grind and grind. All right. So Mike Hoskins, we really love this guy. He brought it today. I mean, he, he delivered the goods. He told us everything. Um, he basically gave us an, a legit introduction to the DOC and what the DOC is all about. We picked his brain about what diabetes mind's all about. We talked about his recent beer experiments, coffee experiments. And the combination, the combination and, of the two. Oh, sure. You, yeah. you did. You asked him the yeah. specific uh, stout question, mm-hmm. which I think is uh, some pretty valuable stuff. So yeah, we were happy to have him on. What, what impressed you most about the convo with him today? Um, his ability to speak openly about um, changing things up. He gets bored. Oh. I don't think you hear that very often in the diabetes community that getting bored is why you change up your your gear. I don't even know what you call it since I'm not a part of it. But And that I'm an MDI. Yeah, that was interesting. Oh, you, so. you found out. Yeah, you're it's an MDI official. Today. Congrats. Maybe a new tattoo. It's not incredibly derogatory, but it's a little <laughs> derogatory. <laughs> no, what he said about flexibility. Yeah. That was that was prime. I also live right across the street from a fire station. So if you heard that in the background. <laughs> Welcome to the real life. Welcome. Are they like right across the street? Oh, wow. Right by the window. Here they come. Here they come. Sounds like a dead cat. Hey. Meow. Peace be with the neighborhood. Oh, I, I hope everybody's okay. Yeah. Love the hood. All right. 
So yeah, Mike was amazing tonight. And we hope to have yep. him again soon. Yeah, we do. He'll be back. He'll be back for sure. So yeah, tune in. Enjoy. Hey, Hi, Mike, Mike. It's us. <laughs> so. And so, where are you talking from right now? Yeah. Like, where do you, where do you live full time? Uh, I am actually I'm in um, kind of the suburbs of Detroit. Suburbs of Detroit. Okay. Detroit. And didn't you guys just, I feel like as a stalker, um, didn't you guys move there just a while ago or did you move to a different part of town or? We, we did. We're actually we're from here, basically, this this whole Southeast Michigan area, um, you know, kind of like the, you know, that some, you know, big finger area of the, uh, of the men um, originally. And we went, actually lived in uh, 10 years in Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were actually in Indy for quite a while and then just moved back to Detroit this summer. So we are back where we belong in Michigan. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Can you ask him, is he on the Yeah. Uh, and you know, you can see me actually, if we, were, if we were doing Skype, I would actually be holding up my hand and pointing to my, my hand and where I was. <laughs> yeah, that's, it kind of does look like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's... <laughs> All right, shall we get this thing going then? Let's do this. Let's roll. All right, so... We have, you know, Mike, you, you are Mr. Diabetes mine in a way. And so whenever, you know, Amber and I got this Diabetes Daily Grind thing started a couple of years ago, you know, we were looking around just at what websites and easily the one that we kept going back to and the one that we would see the most content in, the one that we would read the most was Diabetes Mine. Yeah. And that was a couple of years ago. And I think that was before the Healthline um, yeah. Um, yeah, well. situation. So, man, dude, give us the backdrop on Diabetes Mine and where you guys started, what the journey's been like. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I mean I've mean, i been, I've actually only been with Diabetes Mind uh, for about four years now. I think this is probably four years. Uh, uh, you know, grew up doing journalism, you know, worked in a couple of papers here in Michigan, uh, then went down to Indy for that, and uh, worked in a uh, legal paper for a number of years in Indianapolis, talking to lawyers and judges all day. Oh, and, good times, uh, man. Good times. Yeah, it, it, exciting times. <laughs> um, and, you know, so, so about 10 years ago is actually when I first started going online myself and kind of looking for some of those real stories, um, you know, about diabetes. And right. I found, you know, you know, I found Carrie Spalling, Jason Tony, Scott Johnson, uh, blogging Scott's Diabetes Now, mm-hmm. and uh, Amy Tedrich, uh, who started Diabetes Mind in, I think, early 2005. Oh, okay, uh, okay. So she's, and she's actually, she is Diabetes Mind. She founded it, um, you know, she was diagnosed uh, in her, uh, I want to say early to mid-30s, about oh, wow. 10 years ago, uh, hmm. maybe 12 years ago. And, um, you know, she's in San Francisco there. And at that time, there were just a small little handful of bloggers out there. And I, you know, late in the year of, of all five, I stumbled upon a few of them and just started kind of reading. And then... Uh, <laughs> You know, fast forward to, you know, roughly like four years ago, I got the opportunity uh, to, to connect with Amy a little bit and chat and uh, had the chance to kind of merge my journalism and diabetes world. And uh, there we go. Well, just out of curiosity, because we're talking about that, what, um, how, how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was five years old. When I was five. Okay. And we're going to date you. How old are you right now? I am 36. 36 okay so you're we're uh, like all uh celebrate 32 years january 28th so very close so i'm just going to throw this out there too because i'm going completely off of our agenda so do you shoot up or do you use the pump 
I developed pump for, um, God, I think it was my last year of college. So, was that, like, oh, wow, so years, quite some time. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. So, that's yeah, that's about when I started, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did. I never really did MDI before that. I mean, I was on injections. MDI. Two, three, even four a day for, what, 17 years. And then, <laughs> you know, got to, uh, got to pumping and, you know, pumped. And then, you know, over the years, I've taken a few breaks and gone on MDI, gone on Lantis a little bit. But uh, I always go back to my pump because I love it so much. Can you do me a favor? Because you're in the medical mm-hmm. world more than I am, for sure. And so sure. the word, <laughs> the term MDI, will you do a little explanation of that? Yeah, it's uh, multiple daily injections. Oh. I, I, I have no clue as to who came up with that. <laughs> but, yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like a party. Well, technically, I was, but it's like I never really did one modern so, MDI because we did have car counting and all that big stuff. I need a T-shirt that says I'm an MDI-er. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are pumpers. I'm a, definitely an MDIer. And somebody just brought that up on iTunes that, you know, we were talking MDI. And I'm like, God, I've never even heard of that. Did we say that? Did we know what we were talking about? So, okay. Note to self, MDI. Now we know. You're an MDI. I'm an MDI. Yeah. In college, it was a, um, independent something. Like, you were, if you didn't join the sorority, um, doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the guys that we have on the show a lot, his name's Kelly McKeever, and he's a, a local RN and also a guy with type 1, and he, he just did the switch where he went back to taking shots, and he's okay. been on it, you know, he's been on a pump for, I think, 10 years or so, and oh, he just yeah. went back, and he's like, you know, I'm just doing it for a month to kind of try out and see what the shots are like, and he said he's loving it, and I've done a little bit of that. I know um, Amber's stuck straight shots. <laughs> But she's, and you're open. You're you're yeah. you're changing your stuff around. But have you have you ever gone back and forth? I mean, actually, you change technologies all the time. But oh yeah, have you gone back to the shots? Yeah, yeah I mean, I have. I, I think it was I don't know, maybe like five years ago. I did for the first time. Really, it was just you know it's been a decade since pumping, and I was like, you know, I need a break. You know, I'm not very FDA compliant. I I don't change my sites as often as I should. Nor yeah. Um, so it's just time, <laughs> uh. time for a break. You know, and I said, yeah, let's go back. And I never, never did that before. So I went on Lantus for the first time. And uh, I ended up going on, on MDI for roughly like seven months. Ooh. Um, you know, and my A1C dropped a whole percentage point. And wow. It just, it was, wow. It was pretty yeah. awesome. But I had always planned on going back to my pump. I, I think there's, I would say there's lessons to be learned when you go back. I, I feel like whenever I come back to the pump, I'm usually... Um, I, I trust my diabetes intuition a little bit more if I jump off and take injections for a while. Oh, you have to trust it because you're, you're really having to feel your body. You don't have everything telling you what's going on, right? Yeah, yeah you is can't. That what it is? Yeah, you can't just sit there and take you know a half a unit as you feel yourself going high, right. or another half a unit or a unit, and just keep doing it. You have to commit and take five right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I mix it up a little bit. And, I, you know, it's been a couple of years since I've done that, you know, long term, uh, you know, maybe a, you know, a few hours here and there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm one of those where I get bored pretty easily. So it helps me on my management to mix it up a little bit. Well, Ryan and I were talking about this earlier because you are, I'm sure, introduced to the newest technology on a fairly regular basis. And you document um, trying new things or changing things up. And kudos, because I think you're really sharing to the um, T1D community that you can switch things up. But when we started chatting about this, because Ryan, with the CGM and the, the pump and everything, here's my question. If you wear a CGM, why do you have to still test? 
I mean, I know that, I mean, maybe once or twice a day I can see, but if you're testing as much as you would normally, then what the hell is a CGM for? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So is that frustrating? I mean, what's the deal there? No, you know, and, you know, there's the official, you know, there's the official FDA and and company answer, and then there's the the totally off-label answer, you know, which I always like going off-label, so I will say, you know, I think a lot of us, I, I personally you know, dose insulin and I go off my CGM more than I really should. Uh, because, it, you know, I personally, you know, I use Dexcom and it's so spot on accurate for me. I trust it. And I, right. I don't mind doing it. Interesting. Um, but you're not supposed to because technically it's not accurate enough, um, you know, per the rules and regulations to do that. So you still have to do a finger stick, you know, if you're, if you're low, if you're high, whatever. Right. So that's, that's why I mean, when you're on a CGN, you're supposed to be using it to not really number chase, but watch the trends um, so you can see where you are, where you're, you know, what you need to do. It's a, how long have you been using the Dexcom? Um, I got this uh, about two, the G4, I got about two and a half years ago. Oh, nice. Um, is, is when okay. I actually bought it. And then I had used, I used the, uh, the 7 Plus, the little egg. Um, I used that for, uh, you know, off and on, you know, a couple of years before that. Did you put that on your arm? Where did you put it? Yeah, I, I, I've always worn it on my arm. I have the best uh, accuracy, best I walk huh. on my arm. Really? Oh, that's so interesting. For, no, no, yeah. So yeah. for those at home, people are totally opposite of that. That's me. Well, and for people that are not familiar with that, um, I'm just going to say it looks like a battery pack, literally attached to your arm that is telling your pump, right, that what your blood sugar is doing. Yep. So a lot yeah. of runners, I feel like, and who's the chick? Remember that we were talking? Um, oh. I always forget this girl's name. All right. We reference her a lot and can't remember. But There's this there's this cycling guru, Mike, up in Brooklyn. And Marathon Nazi. In, in Marathon. She owns like a spin class and she's a recent type one uh, diagnosee. Late 20s, early 30s, Late right? Late 20s, early 30s. We'll have to look at... Oh, Robin. Robin Arzon or something oh, like that. Y- y- yeah, yeah, so she... Okay. You should look her up if you have not heard of this chick because she yeah. talks a lot about... And throwing the battery pack on, essentially, or whatever, and running her first marathon post. Yeah. Beat her diagnosis and the difference that it had on her body. And yeah, it was... Sorry. Pretty, yeah, it was a, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. But, man, yeah, I started the uh, the Inlight sensor through Medtronic about a yeah. year ago. All right, and, and okay. so right now I've got that on my hip. Okay, so not FDI or not not FDA uh, compliant, and so I, I bring it up because I read your review of Inlight's new system that connects to the uh, you know the smartphone, the new um, the new digital interface. So you can see all the trends live, and it's right there in your smartphone. And so I wanted to see what you said about it because I'd heard about the new system, and I don't have the new system. I just have it all connected on my pump, and uh, and I could not agree more with what you were saying about some of the accuracy issues. Um, it's it's pretty tough, man. But yeah, I just wanted to hear what you thought about the entire like new system and comparing Dexcom versus uh, Medtronic stuff? Because I feel like you can be pretty honest, you know, with what you yeah, think, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, that's what I love about, you know, what I do. I get to, to be honest. And, you know, obviously not just, you know, you know, brutally mean for no reason, but, you know, I get to <laughs> share kind of the honest opinion, you know, and then call companies out if I need to be. Because I think a lot of us, you know, have these gripes, whatever the, the issue is. I mean, and we need to be able to tell people that. Oh, uh, for sure. We appreciate that for, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm one guy, but I mean, I found, <laughs> I found the, the mini system, you know, the, the, the CGM system, 
fine, just not for me. It's, I don't find it to be accurate. I have a whole lot of problems with it. Um, I will say I think it's probably a lot better than the, the former or previous generation of soft sensor mm-hmm. uh, right. that I use and, and totally detested. But, um, but, I mean, it, you know, it's, it, it keeps their own. I mean, I've, I've heard from a number of people since writing a post on that about a week or so ago that, you know, they... They have complete spot-on accuracy, the same as I have with Dexcom, and that's awesome. I'm glad that people find something that they love and they trust, and that's what it's about. Well, it's so crazy. If you don't agree with me, who cares? Oh yeah, well that's yeah, it's exactly just your experience. It. Well, and yeah. you know everybody keeps trying to push me towards the pump and the CGM and things like that, which I've wanted to do like a blind trial for one week and just to experience it and know whenever or better understand. Um, what my blood sugars, especially doing it at night, and I met a couple recently at my very first JDRF um, pre gala fundraiser, and this couple was talking. The husband was saying my wife was a shit show basically with the with the CGM. I mean, it was so wrong all the time. We were constantly struggling with it. He was like, "We are anti," and that's the first person that I've ever heard really speak out loud about being against it. And that saddened me because here I was thinking, "Oh, this could be." great for me um so i know it's different for every person we really appreciate you sharing your opinion because even though you're just one person but people get to hear the real side of it not just what you're told from the pharmaceutical companies and to stand up for a second for medtronic and everything being on it for a year right. if, if you just try to do it for a week or a couple of weeks it's one of those things you just got to get used to it got to find your spots that work really well right and there will be months where it's just awesome for me but then there's days where I just can't get on the same page with it. So, yeah. I mean, I've enjoyed it. It's made my life with diabetes a lot easier. But I'm with you, man. It, it could be a lot more accurate. I, right. I kind of use it as a ballpark figure yeah. at this point. Yeah. 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 But that's all right. Yeah, well, it's, yeah it's okay. Yeah, it's, 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 we're supposed to use, I think, both, you know, both of these. We're supposed to use them for that reason. It's, you know, to watch the trends and not necessarily number chase. But, you know, and. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's about finding what works for you. And if, if neither one of CGM is not for you, mm-hmm. then, then that's great too. I mean, then, then you're not a CGM person and, and so be it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Nobody, nobody's forcing anybody to go on pumps or do anything that they don't want to do. It's about whatever works. Oh, dude, for sure. And we, uh, we noticed that you're trying stuff out all the time. You know, it seems like if there's a new tech thing, then you're willing to jump on board like you were mentioning. Is it ever tough to... Uh, to manage, you know, your own diabetes when you're when you're always trying stuff out. Yeah, it's, it's you know what I'm saying. I mean, I, it's kind of tough on you. Yeah, I, I, I like keeping it interesting, and I, I get bored easily, so I need to mix up that routine. So, you know, one of the things I do is, you know, I want to try out a new system, but maybe this isn't the best time for me because I don't want to, you know, mix up my routine or, um, you know, go through my doctor and get a prescription. Right, like you have to do. Oh, there's always, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You know, I'm the exact opposite. Like I have found a comfort, like I'm not going to say comfortably numb, but found a system that has worked for me for the most part. And everyone, you know, everybody has their two cents on what you should be doing or trying and whatever. And I'm just like, why would I fix some or change it if it already works for me? Yeah. Um, so yeah, someday there'll be a whole new chapter if, if I come out of my uh, ancient or the ice age. Hey, some of us appreciate what you do. You know. <laughs> There's few MDIs out still out there. <laughs> so we're let's. I want to shift into a little bit more to uh, like living the real life. And so we, when we talk to people with type one diabetes. Um, 
just out of curiosity, what's your goal blood sugar every day? What, what do you feel My most comfortable? Yeah. yeah, your goal. When what do you, do you feel? feel your best? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, Be like, honest. Maybe when I'm not 300 or 60. <laughs> yeah. yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so, somewhere in that range, yeah. yeah. If, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, probably anywhere 90 to 160, probably yeah. is my best. I always say one ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Which is funny that everybody is like eighty to one twenty is normal. Well, yes, it is. But at eighty, you're starting to teeter on being a shit show. So, yeah, I feel like yeah. I am. Yeah, you're definitely the teetering yeah. begins right there. Well, and let me ask you on that note too. When you have a low, or what do we call it, a hypo? <laughs> I like I, low is fine. Low, yeah. So when you have a low blood sugar, what do you? What are your symptoms? You know, they, I, for me, they've evolved over time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, these days, it's usually um, I get hot and sweaty a little bit. I can, yep. you know, ironically, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm freezing cold at the same time. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yep. a little bit shaky and, you know, usually depending on how low I am, bored vision, hmm. um, things like that, inability to focus and think. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the others, especially at night, um, I have the, uh, I'm hypo-unaware. So I really can't tell, you know, mm. in the middle of the night if I'm well, a lot of the time. Interesting. So uh, that, was, that was actually, that was a big reason that I uh, decided to go on CGM, you know, full-time officially a couple of years ago. Did that, that reason. Did that change as you get older that you were no longer able to wake up in the middle of the night? I think that's the case. I've heard that from kind of like the, the people out there who study that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the case. That's that's been my experience too. And the most reassuring part of wearing the CGM is the fact that you can just go to bed at night and the CGM, no matter how inaccurate it is, it usually always picks up a low blood sugar. I mean, almost mm-hmm. every single time. I mean that's yeah. it helps. A ton. Yeah. 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 Well, so, then you got you got you get the adventure of not stuffing it under your pillow, or you use the end light, so it might be a little more connected to you. So it's a little bit different. But I, oh, I tend true. to stuff my desktop under the pillow uh, more often than not. Yes, yeah, so yeah. My CGM, you know, it's always my pocket of my shorts, so I get whatever notification it gives me even if it's like a a low battery thing it'll wake me up in the middle of the night which isn't fun but but is your cgm talking to your pump is that what's going off i don't understand how this works yeah the pump is the only thing that communicates the cgm information okay so it's all right there all the time so say say i go to bed and i'm starting to trend towards going to the 60 line Mm -hmm. it'll start vibrating and it'll vibrate five times saying like but will that wake you up low warning and if that doesn't wake me up, then it starts like this, like screecher, like Harry Potter owl sound <laughs> that is just <laughs> brutal. It's brutal. So you're you're gonna wake up, unless of course you're like 20 and you can't wake up. So the, the goal is to never get that far. And every time I have the CGM on, I wake up as soon as it hits 60. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night last night at 3:01 at 39, and okay. and well, I mean, let me say that I mean, oh, geez, is right, but. I'm very thankful, I guess, that I, yeah, I don't have that. I always pop out of bed. So what about the nights that you didn't wake up and your body just naturally got your blood sugar back up on its I own? I know that there are some of those, especially in college. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful to be alive. <laughs> that was because of crappy, crappy beer. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm glad I didn't have a CGA in the college. I mean, that guy, right? I'd, be, I'd, be dead. I'd, I'd be dead of a heart attack. No <laughs> joke, no joke, right? Dude, uh, n- nobody around me would have got any sleep. I was I was in, like, the dorms, man. I mean, that would have been brutal on the roommates. I didn't realize until I was almost 21 that, oh, well, I should be careful what I say, when I was 23, <laughs> that tonic water had sugar in it. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> bad. Anywho. Um, okay, okay, so that almost serves on. as the well, perfect... I, I, and I've heard, I've heard you say before that it's, it's amazing any of us survive college. <laughs> yeah. It's, diabetes. Yeah. It college true. is rough for everybody, but with diabetes, uh, it's a totally different yeah. ball game. You just got to, yeah, just survive. Get through it. Yep. yep. Wouldn't take any of it back. Yeah. As I sit here in my sunroom thinking about how I want to spend my Christmas cash, just wanted to give you a quick reminder that if you click on the Amazon banner link on the right side of our page, they shoot back a little bit of, of cash our way that helps keep the Diabetes Daily Grind afloat. Happy shopping! All right, so uh, you, last week, Mike, put out um, some serious scientific method-oriented research. Badass craft beer post. <laughs> Straight up. It, all right, so, and just to give a brief intro, yeah, Mike put out this this beer drinking guide, and um, we'll, we'll let him kind of tell you the uh, the gist of the whole process, but we loved it. We read it. Totally loved and, it. And uh, so yeah, I mean, and thanks for the you, shout out too. Seriously, yeah, big thanks for the shout out inside. But yeah, tell us what you uh, you found out with the uh, scientific uh, strategy of my beer experiment. Oh yeah, it was great strategy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was fun. I mean, I did I did the same thing uh, early in the year with coffee, actually, mm-hmm. uh, because you know, I mean, I as you may know just from reading what I write. And, and put out there in the world. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, we're, well, we got to ask you. We'll ask you about the coffee thing in a second too. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, back back to that. You know, back in the winter, I, I said, you know what? I've never actually studied what the effect of this is on my blood sugars. I mean, I know generally, you know, what the deal is, but how much does it go up? How much does it go down? And what's the actual effect? So I decided to study that for you know a few weeks, and I did that um, with coffee. And then I decided, you know, once we got you know, later in the year, and I think it was conversations after listening to your your podcast about that, you know, in the spring. Yeah. And, you know, beer day, beer day rolled around, all that good stuff was happening. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a Michigan, you know, I'm, a, I'm a craft beer lover. I, I enjoy my craft beer. And uh, now that we're back in Michigan, uh, you know, which is one of the top beer states, uh, shameless plug right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we like uh, your shameless plug. <laughs> J- yeah. Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan Stapleton, the, the brewer. Uh, is also our audio engineer. The, for and the so 405, he, he was yeah. In the background, he's giving the thumbs up about Michigan being a yeah. top beer state. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to come <laughs> and visit, bring the podcast there. I like this guy. I'd be fine. But, uh, yeah, you know, so I decided, you know, I did this in coffee, so I might as well do this with beer. Um, right. Again, you find all this, you know, the, you know, the beer 100, you find, it's like one of the best resources out there to find actual, you know, carb counts and then calorie counts for right. the most part. But yep. there's not a whole lot of good practical info out there, and most of it's kind of wrapped up in, you know, disclaimers of, you know, well, talk to your doctor before you go on do anything whatsoever. Ugh. And yeah. Yep. That annoyed me beyond anything, so I decided to study it myself and, and did that. And so I started in, like, I want to say it was in September, mid-September, um, I started basically studying beer in my local uh, nearby neighborhood brewery. And, uh, well, basically over the next like, three and a half months, basically tried out like four different kinds of beer. Um, 
IPA, stout, pale lager, and uh, something else. It was amber. I love it. That's oh, right, too. Those are, those are the and, big four. Uh, yeah. Yep. Big four, yeah. You know, and uh, and basically just kind of figured out what the effect of my, my, uh, my beer was on my blood sugars. Well, I have With to... With insulin, without insulin. We loved, loved, loved your post, and I want to throw something at you that's something we've been working on for a bit, and we, I've spoken to a couple of, Ryan and I have both spoken to a couple of brewers um, in Oklahoma and Texas, and so our pitch, I'm saying this now, so maybe you can jump on board if you choose to, is that we're asking some craft beer folks, we're not asking them to brew anything different but to pick a specific beer for the month of November that they are willing to put out the carb count on. Um, I know that they can't do that on a regular basis. And you could, as you heard in that podcast, that because it's not a consistent batch, um, you really can't guarantee. And I know there'll be a lot of, you know, other language that will go into that. But we really want the month of November to, as it's diabetes, National Diabetes Awareness Month, um, people can drink good beer and it's okay. And we all know with everything that we do that the carb counts, we kind of have a little bit of leniency or there's a little bit of a, you, you give or take a couple of carbs. And so sure. we love your future input on um, asking some major breweries to do that for us for just the month of November. And I guarantee they would really spike, I'm just saying this, their sales if people knew what they were getting. It's not a Michelob Ultra <laughs> where you know there are three grams of carbs no matter what. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to throw well, it. I, Hold on. We've got, I, I what? love that idea. Go ahead. I, this, this, is Jon- this is Jonathan. Here, the, the <laughs> From sound, the 405. Sound guy. 405 Brewery. I just want to yeah. say, especially if you talk to someone like Founders, we just started getting that in the state of Oklahoma recently. Oh, which part? The... Founders. Yeah. Oh, Founders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Founders is big here now in Oklahoma. Yeah. That might be a good. Okay. Yeah. yeah it, I'm assuming you're familiar with like, Founders. Yeah. Shoot, shoot large. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're is, is plugging them? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Somebody yeah. with yeah. some economies of scale could probably pull this off, you would think. We got connections, people. Prepare yourself. I'm looking forward to November really bringing in some craft beer. <laughs> All right, so I think we can pull that off. All right, so uh, beers that you saw the biggest up spike from. What'd you see? Definitely stout. I was going to say stout. Um, You know, thicker, darker, sugary, you know, those kinds of beers, sweeter sweeter beers. Those are definitely the ones where you see see that effect. Um, There was one they they brewed for... uh, uh, Christmas, basically, the mm-hmm. holiday, and it was something like a maple sugar beer. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard raving reviews of this from just people there at at the brewery, but and but I mean, it was just one of those ones where I took a, a, a small taste and just cringed because it was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, you know. But, but again, I mean, that's 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 people and their taste for beer. I mean, I'm just not a I don't drink sweet anything or or eat sweet anything for the most part, so. That's not my cup of tea or mug of beer. Well, let me ask you this because this has been a uh, bit of conversation recently and I'm listening to a different podcast. I think it's by Gretchen. I can't think of her last name about happiness. And she talks about the difference between she and her sister. Her sister who has type one loves all things salty where Gretchen loves all things sweet and it's, it's either or. So would you say that you err on the side of if you're going towards something salty? 
Yeah, usually. Usually I do. Um, and especially if my, if my sugars are up there, you know, usually if they're above, I would say 250 probably is, is maybe that a cautious line. That's kind of where I'm like, you know, maybe I'll have a lighter beer just simply because I don't want to deal with a, you know, a 300 plus blood sugar if I haven't already and Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. When I was talking more about just your shits and gills, kind of like some people go for cookies and some people go for popcorn. <laughs> yep. I think us, us people with diabetes, we, I think, would just naturally over time gear towards saltier foods. I would think so. But some people, yeah, yeah, they... I mean, you would think the classical conditioning model of just continuing to just feel horrible after eating sweet things would eventually make you stop eating sweet things. You would think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe not, though. I don't yeah. know, maybe not. Yeah. Right. Any, any... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't actually think I've ever thought about that, about salt. I mean, I, I like saltier kids. I mean, I like spice and salty. Like, Me too. never kind of thought about that. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Any any beers you noticed that were uh, negligible in their effect? That's a big word. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to know, add to the scientific <laughs> method here. Right. You know, and, and, and you know, and I should say too. I mean, you know, I've studied this. You know, kind of. I, I would say half-assed, but you know, basically, I you know, I did it. You know, a little bit here and there, and you know, popcorn got in the way, or oh. you know, I decided to. You know, decided to walk home or do whatever it was, so, you know, the effect of it didn't translate. But, right. You know, I tried out other beers. I mean, I, I, I tested Guinness a little bit, you know, over time while I was doing this, and, you know, some lighter, you know, like, you know, you know, Lebec Blue. Um, you know, I tried that out mm-hmm. just to see, um, you know, less effect, obviously. So I think, you know, obviously, like, the, the very low-carb beers, you know, you know, Nick Light, some of those, Nick Ultra. Why, why drink them? My, why drink them is my question. It's like water in a bottle. Right. But, you know, I guess... Right, if, exactly. All right, yeah. so say you showed up to, like, a tailgate at a football game, your blood sugar's pretty high, can't get under control, and you've got the option there, and it's sitting there, and you've got, like, a pretty dark beer, and then you've got Michelob Ultra, and you're like, you know, I really just kind of feel like I want a beer, but you're not really sure what your blood sugar's doing. I could see myself grabbing a Michelob Ultra in that case. Well, yeah, because I'm going to feel know? like it's going to rehydrate yeah. me. Period. Yeah, it would help. Yeah. In many ways. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, I do that with food. I mean, you know, sometimes it's, you know, I, we've been kind of going lower carb, but it's kind of like, yeah, I want some pizza, but, or Chinese food, but like, seriously, I don't want to deal with the, the yeah. blood sugar glucose sort of fat afterwards. Yeah. So, no thanks. No thanks. No thanks. Yeah, I think anybody who's ever you know, ventured into uh, alcohol territory as a person who has diabetes has experienced that next day after effect on the blood sugar. Uh, I know you yeah. mentioned Called it, but I can't remember the specifics, but you know, what, what were your, what were your observations? Yeah. I mean, I saw usually, uh, I want to say it was like maybe six to eight hours. Typically it was kind of that range after, after drinking of maybe, you know, three or four, mm-hmm. um, or maybe anywhere two to four a night, I would see that that alcohol effect come back within eight hours um, overnight. Well, as your blood sugar uh, increases while you're drinking the good beers, do you, and I'm not a pumper, yeah. like I said, do you dial it up? I don't know what the word is, but do you give insulin during drinking, knowing that it's going to plummet afterwards? Or, you know, do you, are you cautious about overcorrecting? Yeah, I mean, usually, you know, especially with, you know, two beers or so, if I have, you know, two stouts and I go out, 
that's not going to crash me, you know, later on. So yep. I'm not overly worried. I'll, I'll carb count and, and be totally fine with whatever happens later. Um, you know, assuming everything else is, is in the universe is aligned and the stars are aligned. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I have usually more than three beers, um, then that's where I'll see that effect. And I won't, I won't totally carb count for everything. I'll maybe do like half a, half a carb count for a beer. Oh yeah. Okay. That that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big IPA fan and I found that if I have a couple of IPAs, about six hours later, you know, I, I would not have to take dinner or I wouldn't have to take dinner insulin or something like that. You yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, and I think it's one of those things, I mean, you know, I could you could balance you can if you're if you're that meticulous one, you can balance it out. You can say, All right, well I'm gonna I'm gonna walk up to the brewery and I'm gonna have, you know, a number of beers and I'm gonna have a little bit of popcorn this and that, and then I'm going to walk home and I know the effect of the alcohol. You can, if you do it enough and you do it scientifically enough and you do it that well, you could probably figure it out um, more yeah. than I ever cared to. It's just about, I think, sticking to some kind of pattern over time and just <laughs> just kind of just taking notice of what happens in your body. Yeah, it's really just, yeah, yeah. you just got to keep practicing. We're going to call yep. it. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, usually, you know, within 30 minutes of, of starting a drink, you know, what any one of those beers, that's when I start seeing the effect. So I, I got to the habit of, you know, within 20 minutes of walking in to have my first beer, that's what I would pre-bowls for. And then I would stretch, you know, it was usually like a, a 60-40 split. So I would stretch the rest out over the course of like, you know, an hour, because that's the course of like two beers basically for me. Ah, so. It's brilliant. I like that. I think I, I could use that. And I think the, the big moral of the story, too, is just to be mindful of where your blood sugar is during the process. At least give it a cursory test <laughs> like, every once in a while, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, I think, you know, everybody is, I think anybody living with, with, with D knows that, you know, things change all the time, but, you know, the, the dog legs its tail in, in China and suddenly, you know, your blood sugar is swinging in Oklahoma and Detroit. <laughs> and I think everything changes very quickly for no reason. So got to be mindful of that and keep all in mind that what worked, you know, yesterday or a week ago may not work now. Oh, that's that's complete truth. I mean, it's hard to count on really any pattern holding true. I mean, there's definitely some generalities we've picked up over the years, but the the patterns are kind of tough to come by. And I think I've got a bit of a pattern on coffee. I go because I, I drink coffee every day. I study early in the morning. I love coffee, and I think I know what it does most times, you know? And so I'm curious, too. What did you find out, man? I want to see if it's similar to what I've been doing the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually, like I said, I mean, I've never really started. I mean, I've been drinking coffee for, you know, since I was about 15, and <laughs> never really saw an yeah. effect from it, but I never really studied it, and I noticed that. You know, when I'm on my pump, I have usually a little bit higher basal rate uh, just in the morning hours, uh, totally separate from dog phenomenon. Uh, you Me know, too. You know, but, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would notice that my, my pump was able to compensate for my caffeine, you know, compensation a little bit. Um, but when I was on MDI, um, I usually had to dose, you know, a couple of units. You know, just, you know, really just for, you know, whatever it was, you know, a pot of coffee, maybe a couple of units for me. Oh, dude, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It in the morning, if you ate if you ate the same carbs in the morning, say you had you know forty carbs in the morning and forty carbs at night, I have to take more for that forty carbs in the morning. Uh, do you 
You ever find that happens too? And I, I wonder if that's just the coffee going on. Yeah, I mean, it could it could be the coffee. It could just be you know, the, the, there's a whole bunch of science behind the phenomenon and why your blood sugars naturally go up in the morning. Um, that I really can't talk to you because I'm not that smart. <laughs> but uh, you know, but but again, I mean, I think it's just one of those natural body effects. And I think when you throw you know caffeine into that mix, um, it just kind of you know adds adds to it. Okay. Okay. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't put anything in my coffee anyhow. I mean, I'm a straight-up black coffee guy, so uh, it's, it's simply the caffeine for me. Have you tried throwing in a little coconut oil? <laughs> you know, I, I have. Not a fan. What? Did you blend yeah. it? Did you whip it together? I did. It, it just it tastes <laughs> sweet. Ah, see, I'm okay. Yeah. Okay, this is okay. I love it too. Okay, I do enjoy. Do you do it every day? I enjoy the coconut oil, but if I really enjoy the cup of coffee, like how the coffee tastes, if I put the coconut oil in it, it takes over the coffee, and you basically lose the taste of the original coffee. But I love it. So it's like it depends on what I want. That's that's a good point. It's a performance booster. It's kind of like adding extra caffeine to your caffeine. Really? I just don't believe that. Is it a proven fact? I mean, do we yeah, know for proved, sure? Yeah, yeah. Medium change glycerides transport caffeine a little bit better over the blood-brain barrier. Thank you for geeking out, Ryan Fightmaster. <laughs> I just—I think I read that somewhere once, and I actually have no idea if that's true. Or <laughs> you haven't memorized. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah four people on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, God, we've married at coconut oil again. Medium change glycerides. Blah blah blah. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, well, hey, thanks for yeah, thanks for dropping the knowledge on that. Um, yeah. Well, like, and yeah. it's funny as we as we were chatting about beer and coffee, I'm staring. The beer I was sipping and drinking while we were talking here is uh, it's a Michigan one um, called CEO Stout. Nice. And, and it's out of it's out of Traverse City, Michigan. And the, the phrase that they've got on it is "coffee just grew up." Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask it. Throw yeah. a question. Like, so there are coffee infused beers or. St- it, what do they have? Would they have a Jonathan? I'm asked. I'm saying this out loud to you too. Would that affect your blood sugar differently because you have the coffee and the carbs? Hmm. Rocket science, right there, bitches. <laughs> I mean, I would say there's probably a chance that we need the, to have uh, a test. Mike Hoskins, this st- could be your time. <laughs> Stouts already have so many carbs, though. I think it'd be it'd be hard to track, but. I think you've got a decent I think we could all. I think there. we should all like dial in at everybody's blood sugars under 150. We all drink the same beer and see how it affects each of us. Nobody's allowed to move off the couch. <laughs> yeah, all day. you can't do anything athletic. You can't be on your period, and you cannot have just come from a marathon. Can't be sick. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to have some serious, we'd have to have a contract in place. Yeah, you got to have the same active insulin on board. <laughs> <laughs> you have to stay on the couch for four hours. Before <laughs> <laughs> Mike, would you be in if we did this test? We'd have everybody <laughs> like <laughs> Skyping in or like... Yeah, we'd create a Google chat for this. Yes, that would be... Oh my God, we could have a Twitter feed. It'd be hilarious. It would be, it would be pretty funny. And... Real life diabetes yeah. right there for sure. There it is. It would encourage something. I'm not sure if that's oh encouraging our direct mission, right. but it would be. <laughs> and I just want to say for the record, we're not encouraging drinking alcohol or coffee. We just enjoy it, and we hope you can too. <laughs> <laughs> so that may have been a backhanded encouragement. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so I, I think this is the last topic that we wanted to explore with you tonight, Mike, um, was just kind of the evolution of the diabetes online community, the DOC. Yeah. You know, we've been in now, you know, two uh, years, two years. We didn't and, even know it. I didn't even know it existed until we di- we decided to do this. Right, but there's, there's some really cool trends on there, you know, and there's just so many unique things going on. on the, how have you seen this thing evolve over the years? It's a beast now. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I first found some of these people, you know, a decade ago, and that was two of the people before that, kind of, you know, in the online space doing some some online community type things with diabetes, but not to the extent of what we got when blogs became yeah. what they were and started exploding. And it, I mean, it's just, it's been incredibly awesome to see how many people are out there just you know starting a blog and sharing their voices and you know just kind of you know. Doing their thing, meeting up with people. I think you know most of us got into this for the same reason because we were trying to find other people, right. you know, like us, and you know, not trying to change the world or you know write about it or do this or that, but just find other people and connect. And that I think that message hasn't changed for you know the, the core group of the DOC. You know, we're we're got well doing this for that same reason of just connecting the people um, to find that support. And, you know, some of us need to find other people. I've I've said this over and over again because Ryan was the first person I ever talked to about having diabetes um, and said this at a Christmas party like last weekend um, when someone asked why I changed careers essentially and – and and when I said that I was blogging about having diabetes, we're like, gosh, I've known you since you were – you know, 14. I had no idea you had diabetes. And I was like, yeah, because I never talked about it. And I, I never purposefully hit mm-hmm. it, but it's it's yeah. wonderful to finally be in a place to where you, I can chat about it with Ryan. And if I, at one point, busted a bottle of insulin or was whatever, it's just nice to have somebody else in your corner. And with that being said, Ryan and I were just approached by <clears throat> a friend's mom whose daughter was just diagnosed um, at age 15 with type one and we sat with her over coffee or hot tea, excuse me. Um, I think two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. Yep. And we were just, you know, she, it was, it was her month anniversary and, um, being in high school and going through all of that, we just had a lovely chat. And so my question for you really quick would be, you were diagnosed at five. I was, you know, eight. What, mm-hmm. um, what would you say to someone who was newly diagnosed at age 15 yeah, I, mean, I guess, you know, the, I think the, the common message across the age groups are, is always, you are not alone. And, right. Right. You know, you, you, you can find, you know, there's, there's, there's other people out there. Um, it, it's just, I think it's always a question of, is it that time in your life when you want to actually meet or, or find other people? Right. Do you, no want to, do, do you want to engage with them? Do you just want to, you know, work, you know, on blogs or on Twitter and see what's going on? Um, and, and I think that's, to me, that's the beauty of, of the DOC right. uh, from the start to now is, is there's all these different channels. There's Twitter and mm-hmm. there's blogs and Facebook and, and forums and, you know, and, and real life, you know, in-person meetups. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I think it's, it all comes together in whatever shape and form somebody wants and needs at that time in their life. And if you're 15 years old and you don't care anything about diabetes like I was, then you don't you don't need it, but I think for parents who are trying to rein their kids in who might be rebelling, 
maybe then there's channels for those parents to find other parents or adults who live through that to say, you know what, maybe this will help or this could work. And well, and we the, can look at it or something. Well, and the crazy thing was that she had a better message. I feel like she was in a much better place than maybe her. I'm not going to say her parents, but just the overall, like her physicians and things like that. I think she has a really good grasp on it. And the one thing that we did send to her mom whenever she reached out to us was, here are, here's a list. And I, the one that I feel like is on your site, here is, I mean, there is an overwhelming amount of people in the diabetes community online. You can go through every single site and find something that is custom for you. And then, you know, I gave her my top five of here, here's who I follow, who is, who I feel personally connected to. And so, um, it's nice that I guess technology is so advanced at this point to where people newly diagnosed at any age, anywhere in the world, you can try, you can, you can tune in. Yeah. There's a, it seems like there's a niche blog or website or podcast or something for every single diabetes interest right (laughs) now. It, it, it's, I just think it's so cool, you know, because if you're a high school athlete like I was and you didn't have the resources, there's right. probably 50 of them out there now that are putting content out on a daily basis. I mean, it's it's so cool. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, man. So it's yeah. it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And thanks, yeah. thanks for doing I mean, what you do. Uh, yeah. And thank you guys for doing what you do. I mean, I think that's the, that's the whole point, you know, telling stories and, you know, getting you know, the good and the bad out there. So if people need inspiration, then, then mm-hmm. there it is. If they need to be grounded a little bit. Um, and realize that maybe things are a little more serious than how they're treating it, then right. maybe that's what's out there. And it's, you know, each their own. They're diabetes and they Well, Mike, we oh. hope that um, you're not traumatized by this podcast and we'd love to have you as a regular guest especially as um the year progresses and flu season is in or we go through um ryan will get all geeked out in the summertime when he starts doing his athletic stuff so chiming in back with you um to find out kind of what you're up to as well so definitely well and i'll I'll, send that exact same invitation to you both um, you know, if you, you know, whatever, you know, if we want to connect and, and write something or, or chat a little bit for that yeah. mind, you know, there it is. It's awesome. Oh, dude, um, no we're doubt. So, we're so open. We can, we can explore yeah, and, that and for sure. Something too. I mean, I'm sure you've heard about that whole diabetes podcast week. Oh yeah, there. we're in, we're on board, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be awesome too. I'm looking forward to hearing all the great stuff coming from that. All right. Yeah. Amber, can you give the dates? And I think it starts. The audience. Well, yeah. it's February first is when we kick that off, and it's going to be about. It's going to benefit Save a Rose, find a cure. I don't know Spare Rose. That's Spare right. Rose. Yep. Yeah. Spare Rose. Save a child. Save a child. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're excited, and we were yep. really honored that they reached out to us, and that we were. Yeah, we're excited to participate. Very cool. Yeah, it's and, growing. And, yeah. You know, one thing too, I would suggest you guys really connect with uh, with Bennett Dunlap. Um, Bennett is a is an awesome guy. If you haven't had a chance to talk or, or meet with him, okay. Yeah, we might have to get some more contact info from you after the show's over. Definitely, that'd be great. Definitely. Yeah, Bennett is also a very uh, 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 passionate uh, stout lover like myself. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he, he's uh, he's a type two. He's a dad of a couple type ones. A uh, huge diabetes advocate who's really big into uh, spare rows. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, he's an awesome guy. Okay, so yeah, we'll have to get him on around the show then. Yeah. Well, and Scott Johnson and I, we've talked, he sent me a list of a couple of conferences and I mean, we've Ryan and I are going to be 
affiliated with a conference, I think here in Oklahoma City, maybe for JDRF a little later in January, but um, we definitely want to be more involved. So Mike, if you have any thoughts on what and where we should show our face, which is scary (laughs) (laughs) if the the diabetes community is prepared for us, but we want to be more involved. So please keep us, keep us in the loop. Well, I mean, you know, and, and something else to plug that, I mean, to me, it was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in the diabetes community was you know, a couple, you know, two and a half years ago, was going to the Friends for Life conference in, mm. at Disney, um, ah. you know, in July. That is just, it's an amazing experience oh, cool. um, that can't be replicated. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of networking opportunity there, of course, but it's just, it's, it's not a typical conference. And it's just, it's, a lot of, I mean, you know, thousands of, of type one community people, uh, kids, teens, adults, parents, whatever, professionals, you name it. Coming together at Disney World, did you say? It is. It's, I think it's every other, every other year it's on Disney's campus and then it's like off at one of the other hotels. So I think this is an off year, but it's still at Disney. Basically. Well, Mike, let me tell you a little secret about myself. I have a doctorate is that I graduated from the Disney School of Business. Yes, I did an internship there. and uh, This is new to me too, Mike. Completed it. I lived at Disney um, at Lake Buena Vista for three months. I was a lifeguard and went through their um, business school training (laughs) before I came back to OU and graduated with my environmental geography degree. I have a doctorate. With that being said, I will say that the biggest challenge in that period of my life was moving to Florida, working around the clock, living with six people who I didn't know from around the world. Um, Night one was a shit show because I got drunk and um, Cheez-Its were everywhere. And that was the first time I ever had to tell someone that I had diabetes and that there was, it affected my job, um, my friendships, and the going out. So it was a totally like, so I can't wait to go back to Disney. <laughs> I will call them today and say, I'm coming back. And um, yeah, I was lifeguard at Blizzard Beach. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Blizzard Beach. This is going home for you. It'll be going home in a really crazy way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Have you? You never? I've never told you that, Ryan. I've never heard the full story. Yeah, I have a doctorate. I actually have a diploma. (laughs) (laughs) And vocational rehabilitation paid for it. Oh wow! Even crazier. That is pretty wild. Okay. Anywho, um, yeah. Well, well, Mike. (laughs) it It was a great time tonight uh, i can't wait to do the next one uh if anyone listening to the show wants to check out what mike does on a daily weekly basis best spot would be diabetesmind.com right that's right that's right all right awesome man thanks for joining us all right well thanks for having me always good talking and now uh, look forward to the next time ah, sounds wait. great have a good night all right have a good one see you mike My calories burning Pricker to the finger to deliver the prick Wake up tomorrow and it starts again But I'm alive Yes, I'm alive One minor inconvenience A little thing called 
We hope you survived our episode of the Diabetes Daily Grind podcast. Um, and before getting into the much ballyhooed iTunes review, we apologize for the lack of iTunes uploading. This has been tough. Glad we're back online now, hopefully because we're still on iTunes as we record this. That is absolutely not the case as of right now, but we're working really hard on it. Um, in the future, it appears that Stitcher is picking up the shows faster. Just a heads up, but we anticipate the iTunes issue to be resolved ASAP. All right, iTunes review time. The best time of the year. Woo! Woo! So today's iTunes review is from Galileo143. And we love it. Thank you for sending this. I found this by searching for a podcast to feed my information monster now that I have type 2 diabetes. I love how you put the humor in your daily grind living with this inconvenience. Thanks for the podcast, and I really hope you continue making more. I'm a fan. Well, thank you for listening, and please spread the word. Um, we love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we love hearing from you guys about the show, what you enjoy, and what you'd prefer we never say again. So if you want to get in touch, find us on Twitter, Instagram, at Diabetes Grind. Find us on Facebook at Diabetes Daily Grind, or leave us a question or message from the speak pipe button along the right side of the diabetesdailygrind.com. Huge thanks to Mike for stopping by. Proud to have him on the show. Check out his thoughts, always real and insightful, over at diabetesmind.com. He posts a couple of times per week. Find him on Twitter at mhoskins2179. Thank you so much, Jonathan Stapleton, our 405 brewing expert. You've got everything we need to make this podcast badass, in You're addition welcome. to providing <laughs> some really good beer. Tonight, what did we sample, guys? It was the... Uh, the grapefruit sour. Grapefruit sour. And I let didn't me know you guys you. actually had a bottle of that. I would have poured some. Oh, well, it's the one that you gave me from your trunk. Hello, oh, bootlegger. Okay. <laughs> um, it was that a family gift? Oh, family gift. Fam- it was a family gift. I'm just throwing that out there for all parties involved. Family and gifts. we thoroughly enjoyed it um, over good snacks, healthy yeah. snacks at that. To everyone out there living their best life with diabetes, we say cheers to the highs and lows. Happy holidays. Talk to you soon. Happy 2016. What do you call it? What do you call it? Is it diabetes or diabetes? See, daily grind is grinding you down. Always having to check to see if your level is up or down. What'd you have for dinner? What'd you have for lunch? Did you have too many or not enough? Getting all of the levels to shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, and I'm alive. Yes, I'm